Hey, it's your host, Abigail Pumphrey, and I'm on a personal mission to help more small business owners become financially free. I like to nerd out on all things business, marketing, and most definitely the numbers. I'm talking all the lessons learned as I turned a layoff into a seven-figure online business. I like to share it all and no conversation is off the table. We talk actionable strategies, biz challenges, and all the things life throws your way. Grief, anxiety, loss, and resilience are all topics you'll find here. So grab a cup of coffee and settle in because you're listening to the Strategy Hour podcast brought to you by Boss Project. Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got Crash Plan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. Crash Plan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. What's your feeling on blueberry muffins? I love them. You love them? I want me a plump, juicy blueberry, like loaded. Okay. Well then I got the recipe for you. I growing (laughs) up, I never really liked blueberry anything. I always would have preferred someone give me chocolate chip, double chocolate, something. And I was always so disappointed when someone would give me blueberry, but I have figured out the key for me is it has to have a good crumble on top. A crumble is a must. Yeah. A crumble is a must. And so or a sugary top is fantastic. so, So good. So good. Well, Jared did the one thing your spouse is not supposed to do and told me at 7.30 the night before he had an event that he needed me to make a treat. This is my child this week. Oh, mama, I have a field trip tomorrow and I need lunch. At and I looked at him with like the death glare of all uh-huh. death glares. And I was like, like well, you need to go to the grocery store. <laughs> and I was like, well, there is a brownie box mix in the cabinet. He's like, well, and I was like, Mm-hmm. You want me to make something from scratch, sir? And just stare <laughs> down. And he's like, I was kind of thinking that we have a lot of frozen blueberries in the freezer. And I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. But he did find a delicious recipe. The only thing that was tragic about the whole situation is I put all this effort into making them. And then most of them disappeared out of my house yeah. before I had even two. My like comfort safety food in high school and honestly through college, whenever I would have like weird, like food sensitivity spikes was always at Starbucks, a caramel macchiato and a blueberry scone. And I would eat that. I mean, multiple days a week and their blueberry scones, they're not as good as they used to be, but they were really solid. They had super chunky blueberries in there and they had kind of like a sugary top on that scone and it was delicious. Well, you would definitely like this recipe. It had stuffed, like it was like tons of blueberries in it, but then you make a blueberry syrup 
and you put it on top and swirl it into it. Yeah. And then you put the crumble on. Oh, man. Anyway. Brian doesn't like blueberries. See, I didn't really care for them until adulthood. Yeah. So. There's very few berries or fruit in general that he likes. What? It's mostly like watermelon, pineapple, those oh, kind of things. Opposite. I'm the opposite. I will give me literally anything else. <laughs> I love me some pineapple, but I will take every single berry, but all your melons can fuck off. Like I, hate I agree. No, no, no to the melon train. I honeydew, melon, watermelon. I'm in my defense, aisle. it does make my throat scratchy, and I'm pretty sure I am mildly allergic. So yeah, we do last thing, and then we can move on. But it's the season of it now, and so I'm hoping we can make it soon. Brian will make grilled pineapple, and so he slices the pineapple into these giant rings. I would maybe have that, and he drizzles it with local honey and crushed oh, pepper. Oh, and then puts it on the grill. Oh. The pepper with the sweet and the oh, it's so good. It's, Do you I put like, it on a burger or steak? Or? We just, I mean, we just eat them. Like he'll he'll just do up a whole pineapple and we just eat it. It's very good. You could put it on a burger, but interesting. Well, really I guess interesting. that's what I should have talked about. That I was forced to build a grill last night. Oh my. Our grill. This is. I'm sensing a trend of you be actually not saying no. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't. It wasn't hard, and and I and I volunteered myself. The snacks. Don't get me wrong. I love to bake. I just would. I wouldn't have minded ever making them. I just prefer to not told. Yeah, with more like, notice. I, I, I need, know, I need notice. Yeah. Like, tell me in the morning that yeah, you're gonna make them this evening yeah and then make sure I have all my ingredients and find my dresser no the grill I gave Jared I gave it to him when we were dating in college this thing has been to like five different houses and apartments and we've drugged the thing all over the place and the other night I just hear shit (laughs) from the outside and the drip pan like collapsed it like rusted in half and then I was like oh well do you just need a new drip pan and he's just started looking at it and he's like I'm pretty sure I'd have to replace the burners and this and that Mm -hmm. and he's like it's two hundred dollars in parts I'm pretty sure a new (laughs) (laughs) so it did happen so we're ready for this perfect time for that yeah you should definitely make some grilled pineapple okay I want to talk about and introduce new concepts into y'all's little business baby brains to help you in a transition that you most likely need to go through at some point in your business career. And you will definitely be going through inside our program, The Incubator, once you join us. (laughs) So I'm just getting your head right. Just get your head right in advance. I know we've talked about this before, but I think it's such an important step that is essential to your future growth and ultimately you building an actual business. I believe if you don't make this change that ultimately you're still freelancing and which I love that for you. Yeah. That's what you're building. Right. If you want to be a freelancer and you want to take projects as they come and you want to build hourly for that, do it, do it. It'll keep you real busy. 
And you likely won't have a lot of other structure outside of that. And that's fine. You can, I know plenty of people. Side thing, a little cash injection here and there. Yeah. I know plenty of people who make full-time livings doing that. Like easy, not easy, but like, you know, it can be done and it can be, it can work for you. Yeah. Yeah. But you're more in the camp of like, I don't want to trade every single one of my hours for a dollar. And I'm interested in like creating a more predictable and recurring business. We need to talk about value pricing. Yeah. It's a really big step because And I think it's the reason a lot of people stay stuck because you have to get paid, not just for the time that you're ultimately working on the project, but the time researching the project, the time during the sales process, the time you spent marketing and trying to find the prospect, the time to maintain your books, the time to maintain your operations, the time you're answering emails, all of that. You have to get paid for every aspect of your job. And I get that your clients don't need to know that that's what they're doing. We're not out here saying, oh, you're paying for all of these other things that are happening. You have to have a well-defined scope that has a clear deliverable in mind that they're ultimately paying for. But if you continue to only get paid for the time you're physically working on client work, you're never going to be able to scale past a personal income for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that that's the window. That's the wall that a lot of people are hitting after they're starting their businesses. And, and the amount of time that it takes you to get to this wall is different for every single person. Some of you will hit it in months. Some of you will hit it in years. That part is irrelevant. But if you're feeling that like constant hamster wheel of I'm putting in, you know, here's my input And then here's the output and they don't feel aligned. And that is the conversation I want to have with you about what do other pricing models look like? What does it take for you to make refinements to your offer to try a different pricing model? And how can you kind of prep your clients, your messaging, your prospecting, your conversations that you're having, everything so that they can be ready for this transition? And what does it kind of look like? And and how quickly can you kind of make some of this transition, even if you're wanting to keep some of the current clients that you have? Because I've seen it happen a lot of different ways where, you know, clients that we've worked with inside the incubator are needing to switch up their pricing model. And they're really hesitant to do that because they've had their own clients for years on a prehistoric pricing model for their own business. It was something that they picked like month one and haven't raised, haven't changed the structure, have only added more value to what that client gets, but hasn't assessed, is it the right price? Is it the right scope? How much time is it actually taking me and or my small team to actually deliver? Sometimes we just kind of let those things build upon each other. And we've got a handful of clients that are getting literally everything and the kitchen sink and not paying for it. Yeah. I think a lot of people assume that if you're going to go from one pricing model to another, that you have to like immediately ditch all of your previous clients or immediately switch them all over or 
any of that. And I get I'll hold that- your hand through every single part of that conversation inside the incubator, baby. Yeah. <laughs> every aspect of this is a, a step at a time, but it's also nuanced. Like there are absolutely going to be some clients that this is a necessary conversation you need to have right away. Yeah. And there's going to be others that like you kind of do a little step at a time. Yeah. And it also depends on how essential that money is to the overall makeup of your life and business. Like if you're like, Oh, my bills are covered right now. Mm-hmm. I don't want to disrupt what's working. Okay, great. Then let's just focus on bringing on new clients at this yep. new, new structure. Yep. And then you can over time phase out once you have the new stability bill, yep. there are options here and you don't have to, it's not a make or break. It's not no. a drop everything and start over. If anything, that's the thing we want to avoid because so many business owners get to the point where they're so burnt out that they end up completely dismantling yeah. their current business altogether. And there is a way to do this in a way that's a transition yeah. that you get to take your clients with you. And there's a way in which this could also break yeah. things and cause you to start over. Yep. Yeah. I just want to like put it out there so y'all know who are listening, who are interested in the incubator and having conversations with Abby. Sometimes when you hear about, you know, a coach or a program that's going to kind of push you in the sense of, of your pricing model, it can kind of like some anxiety can build. And I get that. And I just want to rest assure y'all that we are not the pricing police. Like we're not going to come in there and be like, if you do not start charging this immediately, then this isn't going to work. And this, that's not literally, I don't believe that. I think you could come to me and say like, non-negotiable, this is what I want to charge for this. And I'm going to let you know if that's your hill that you're going to die on. Okay. What does reality then need to be? How many clients do you need to work with? How much time do you need to make sure that you're giving that person? And how much time do you need to make sure you're not giving that person? And what are the systems that you can be putting in place to make that happen? There is a version of reality that can work for everyone. Someone is you know, someone over here is going to be really strict on their pricing boundaries and comfort. Someone over here is going to want to add, you know, more to their scope and their deliverables. Someone over here is going to want to offload some of that client project to a contractor or a team member and a different pricing model and reality needs to exist for those people. So I want to kind of walk you through, I would literally be talking to you for hours on end if I walked you through all of the how to do all of this. And that's literally what we do in the incubator. But I do want to walk you through the kind of steps that what you might expect, what's going to be happening within your first, you know, three to six weeks within the incubator when it comes to transitioning to a new pricing model. So first, I want you to know that Every single strategy we share and we walk through with y'all is developed after we gather a whole bunch of facts and you share with us where you're at, what reality is, what are you currently charging? How long is it currently taking to? We're going to have you go through a time study and you're going to like actually track your time when it comes to individual projects or clients. We're going to give you different advice depending on your business. And then we're going to analyze a whole bunch of stuff. We're going to talk to you about a lot of things that's going on inside of your business, whether it's you or whether you have a small team. And we're going to really pick apart where your time is going, where their time is going and everything in between. And then part of that is going to then transition to you're going to get to walk through. We built this incredible 
calculator that it's within your business horoscope and it's beefy and it's deep and it's going to give you a lot of information and it also is going to let you play a lot of hypothetical scenarios. And we're going to walk you through exactly how to use every single feature of that calculator. And then you're actually going to get a chance to submit that for our critique. So what does that mean? when we get a critique for a calculator. Yeah. So what that ends up meaning is you go through the whole exercise. You come up with what you think is the best case scenario for you. But more often than not, people still have some questions. They're like, I wasn't sure about this, or I put this in and is that right? And I want you to know that like, this is sort of like us checking your work, but in a really non-judgmental way, like a, there's no wrong answer as to what you put in like what your desired income looks like, how many hours you want to work, how much time you want to take off. There is, if you want to work less, fantastic. If you want to keep working 40 hours a week, fantastic. If you want to take off two months a year, let's figure out what we need to do to make that happen. And on the back end, we're going to check to make sure that all the variables that you've said you wanted to account for have been properly accounted for. And so we're going to look at it together and then often give you feedback of, Ooh, I'm a little worried about this little hang up here, or I think we input this number in wrong. So this is the correct answer or incorrect. I mean, the answer that you could play with and like work around with. My favorite thing is like releasing some of the pressure that you guys put on yourself in this stage, whether it's a really, really, really high profit margin for kind of no reason or a really, really high revenue goal for kind of no reason. And so we dig through to, is there a reason behind these numbers? Talk to me about it. What do you've got going on in your life? Like there are some things where, you know, we're chatting with a client and she put a very, very, very high number from what she had already previously proven to have gotten in this business. And I was like, Oh, okay, that's really high. We could create a plan around that. Is there a purpose that, that it is that high? Is there a reason? And she shared with us some personal stuff that was going on behind the scenes about family and goals that she had and what she wanted to be able to do within the next three to five years for someone in her family. And I was like, cool beans. So like, we don't need to make that crazy high goal happen in the next six months or even 12 months, but you want to be making really, really obvious headway towards that goal in the next three years. I love that for us. Let's figure that out. Yeah. Want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com slash jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com slash jumpstart. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. With over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by seeing you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. So trying to set more, don't say realistic timelines, that's not necessarily what I'm saying here, but like releasing the pressure that it has to be urgent. Life first timelines. Exactly. (laughs) And when you get in there, you know, there are so many things that can change. If the number it spits out is feeling high for your industry or high for your clientele, then we can talk to you about what variables need to be adjusted for you to be able to charge less. If you're focused on more retainer work where you want to retain a client for a longer period of time, how do you structure things differently on a monthly basis versus a one-time project cost? And we're going to work with you together on this, but our goal here is that over time you are able to develop a service that isn't dictated by what the client says they want. Rather, you are assessing your client's needs and showing up as the expert to align them with the service that you have your own menu. For some of you, it's one service. For some of you, it might be five. And you're going to align them. Okay, based on everything you said, I believe this service that I provide is ultimately going to be the best fit for you. And you get to walk them through your process and the way you do business. And it puts you back in the driver's seat because I think the biggest transition here isn't just from hourly to value-based pricing. It is literally how you communicate with your clients, how you show up, how you participate in this journey. And 
instead of reacting to what they want, you are instead being action oriented in advance by really walking someone through what this could look like. And I do think there is an important note that you ultimately do need to know what an hour costs you. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of this misconception here is that if you're not charging hourly and you're doing value-based pricing, that now your hourly rate is irrelevant. No, it's really not. (laughs) You still need to know. And one of the things we do in our debriefs when we work with a client we don't track time meticulously because I find that an incredibly stressful environment to work in. When we're doing a time study, that's one thing because we're collecting data. Mm-hmm. But when we're doing the debrief with a client, this is loose. We're not trying to do it exactly. We're trying to get a roundabout close number. But we ask everyone who was on the project how much time they ultimately put into the project. And we are tracking that. So A, we can see averages over time of like, ooh, are we vastly underestimating how long this project's taking? Are we overestimating what it's going to take? And then we take the price we did charge, our contract price, and we divide it out by how many hours we put in. And we have a base number of what we know our company needs to be charging on average per hour to remain profitable, operational, et cetera. And if we're below what that number needs to be, then we talk about if we were to bid this exact project again, is the price still right? And continuously addressing this is important. Like it's not a one time make a decision and move on. You have to like make a decision based on the facts and like data you have today, do the project, do it again, do it again. (laughs) And then, you know, as you get that new data coming in, you can decide, Ooh, I want to make this more efficient here. Or I think if we make this one thing happen, we could use this for every client moving forward. And it is time up front, but it's going to save us so much time as we continuously do this thing. And we're going to help you develop those things and work through that and understand what needs to be changing Yeah. so, so that you know what it takes. Yeah. So once we go through the calculator and we do spend a lot of time there to button that up and make sure that it's right. So what that could look like is you're going to watch some short training videos to learn how to use the calculator. You're going to do the calculator on your own. You'll submit it for critique. We will give you a recorded video for feedback and adjustments or questions that we have for you. You'll go make those changes from there. You can share those updates inside of our community. Or the best part is for you to come to the coaching with any updates of questions or any further clarification questions or ideas, or I want to dig deeper here and bring up your exact example and scenario so that we can reference it because our whole goal is at every checkpoint to get you solid so that you can move on to the next thing. Because the next thing then is once you figure out what the box, what the container needs to be regarding pricing and time then we need to fill that container based on what you've already delivered, the results that you're already getting, what makes the most sense for your current clients. We're not reinventing the wheel here, but we're putting in things that are in alignment with the price and the time that that offer needs, right? And so that's going through our premium package design. And that's one of my favorite things because from there, you can really start to nail in like what is actually going to provide the result that's going to solve the problem 
that you solve, that you are the expert for, that you provide the solution for. And it's helping you get really clear on wording, like putting into words what the problem that your clients are facing. What are they saying? How are they wording it? And then how can your expertise come in and actually address it? So go ahead. Oh, and I was just going to say, I think this stage is such a good opportunity to clarify scope, not only for yourself of like what you're doing for the client, but also in a way that makes it easier to explain in yeah. the sales process. Yeah. Like this, this is one of our favorite, like you're really good at this too, of like seeing a whole bullet list of scope and you're like, uh, I'm going to reword this, say this, eliminate this. Like just like the clarity there when we're starting clarity in scope presentation, it matters so much. It does. And you can take a concept or idea of something you want to teach and then decide, okay, well, are you putting this in a workbook, a playbook? Are you coming back with a script? It totally depends on your business and your industry, but can I tell you my favorite scope line item to change? Oh, what's your favorite? When I see this one from people, when y'all say you're offering your clients unlimited support, stop. I cross that out every single time. And I say, nah, that's not what we're going to be doing. Yeah. Just quick tip for that one because I can't help myself, but either put a time limit on it, like 30 days of support. And then also say what your business hours are as part of that and and their expectations on how quickly you'll respond or make it relevant to the type of thing you're doing for them. So like if you're providing something and there's like an end in mind, well, okay, you might have two weeks post mortem post launch post whatever post turning it over to them that you would handle issues as they come up but you don't want them to use that line item to come back uh-huh. after six months or uh-huh. a year uh-huh. and resurrect from uh-huh. from nowhere uh-huh. yeah ask us why we're particular about that line item <laughs> The amount of horror stories that I've seen. Okay, so once we kind of button up all of that and we've gone through premium package design, A, you'll have another critique opportunity. So you'll be able to send us your premium package design and really break it through of of what you think your scope is going to be, your deliverables, the ultimate price point that you landed on. And and we're going to run that through one more quality check. The next thing that's kind of like, it's not a critique. It's not even a lesson, really. It just like is part of what has to happen. But it's where I love supporting you guys through this transition. It's figuring out how to communicate with our existing clients if a change is going to be made to their actual offer. These are typically people who are in retainer services. So if you're in a one-time project and that project is going to be wrapping up in 30 days, there's no, like you probably can't even go raise the price on them because there was a contract in place and that was the price that they paid. That just is what that is. But for retainer clients, while they might have still signed a contract and while there might be a time frame that you've got to be mindful for, did they literally just sign up and they have a six month retainer or a 12 month retainer even? What did your contract say in terms of changing the price and communicating that? So we'll help you kind of do that digging to get those answers. But then I really love talking to our clients about how to structure the conversation with their own clients about price increases and scope changes. And we've helped clients do both where the price has stayed the same, but the scope is getting smaller or the price has increased 
and the scope is getting smaller and changing or a little bit of both. And I know sometimes that those conversations can be really scary, but I think it's such an incredible community to be a part of because so many past incubator folks have had those conversations and it's gone really, really well. And the light at the end of that tunnel is worth it. And, you know, I do think there are obviously risks involved with having those conversations, but when it is restructured, knowing that oftentimes our clients could replace, it's not necessarily a one for one. Like if they were to lose four clients in this new scenario, they may only need one to replace that previous client because their pricing is so much more in alignment and they're ultimately doing far less work than they were before. And so it can be a little bit of a mind game at first. It can feel like a challenge, but it is one that is worth it. Yeah. Because the long-term impact it has on you and your business is so huge. Your mental health alone. And I know some clients who do decide to seek new clients at their new price points first and lock them in and get that. And then they'll have some conversations. And, and I still think they're pleasantly surprised because they're like, oh, this person wanted to transition to my new price point. Like they're not wanting to leave. And so now they are at capacity and they're seeing what does it truly feel like to show up to work for a job that you're getting paid appropriately for, that I cannot explain to you how much that changes the game. Oh, it's absolutely essential. And it really unlocks something inside of you to be excited for the work you're doing. You know, you're still going to have frustrating days. You're still going to have frustrating client interactions. That's part of business. And it's going to happen regardless of what model you're selling into. But it does put you more in the driver's seat. You get to be more clear on, okay, here's the scope. I either did or didn't do it. And I can make it very clear to my client that I showed up and did the thing. If you remain in this hourly world, your client is always looking for you to be more efficient to your own detriment. As you get more skilled, as you get more efficient, you could ultimately get being paid less with the same clientele. And, you know, I just don't think it's, right to be penalized as you continue to scale. If you've been doing something, I don't care how long you've been doing it, but if you've been doing something for five or 10 years and it takes you 20 minutes instead of two hours, Uh why is the 20 minutes worth less than the two hours? Like it's not, it's not because this is about the return as much as it is about the price. That's why it's when we're talking about value-based, we're talking about what is the impact it's having? Yeah. And while we're helping you come up with a price based on your unique set of variables, the value to the end client is still an important variable to consider. If they can use this thing and turn around and 10x their investment, then why are we so hesitant to charge what we're charging. Yeah. And especially a lot of you who do work with bigger businesses or even corporate clients, and you're on a recurring or retainer basis, the amount of money that you are saving that business from not having to hire an employee for full time, consistent and benefits and everything else that comes with that is ridiculous. And just the simple fact of like your expertise is already going to be higher than an employee that they're bringing in because 
I mean, you started a business within your expertise. That's like literally all you do all the time. And they're going to have to invest a lot in that employee and train and bring them up to snuff basically. And you get to skip all of that. And so the value, just the mindset piece that we've had to talk to some of our clients who work with corporate clients, I'm like, oh, no, you'd absolutely charge them more. (laughs) Yeah. And they're not in that particular instance. Typically, the corporate clients are not going to snuff at it. Like they're used to seeing much bigger numbers in other places. And you guys are just providing what you're doing. Yeah. Such a a client the other day who was a $6,000 line item on a... $150 million build. I'm just like, (laughs) stop it. Well, and she was so frustrated. I felt bad. She was so frustrated. She's like, I can't get my client to sign their contract. And and then she started talking about the scope of the whole project. And I was like, to them, you're like going to, I mean, I'm not, I didn't say this to her, but like, it's like the equivalent of a homeowner going to Ace Hardware. Like they just paid a bill. Like they're not thinking of it as a whole project versus it's your whole world. Yep. Yep. (laughs) And I think it's a tiny part for them that that's a tiny part for them. And that's not true for all of our clients. Some of our clients, the clients they're working with, this is a really, really big investment for them and a really big decision. And that's industry dependent. I was having this conversation yesterday with someone because we had previously mentioned that were premium, but not luxury, our pricing. And she's like, okay, I'm just curious, like for your industry, like what is luxury? And I was like, well, part of this is the industry you're in. Like in the industry we're in, luxury might be 30 to 50,000 for a high-end website. And that would be luxury. Mm -hmm. But like you go out of our bubble New York yeah, and New York agency building a website for a bigger firm. Yeah. Now, granted, the scope is going to be different. The timeline is going to be different, all of those things, but they might be charging 300 to 500,000. We're still talking about a website. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like, and so I think there's this misconception that there are limitations on these things. Sometimes changing who you're talking to should be part of the conversation. Yeah. Well, and that is part of the conversation we have with our incubator clients of when they're kind of up against a wall of like, I absolutely have to charge more, but this current client base isn't there. And so we will help brainstorm with you of like, okay, if you're wanting to still offer this to this client base, you're going to need to have some bigger wallets basically to kind of help support the other arm of the business. And sometimes that's just getting in different rooms and having different conversations. And that's just part of the process. But I know a lot of us make a lot of assumptions based on what we would do. Yeah. How we would spend or what money. we would pay for. Right, right. And, and I know expertise. Right. <laughs> and I know it's hard to separate that, but it is absolutely crucial. I know I talked about this, you know, with a lot of my other photographer friends when I was first starting my business and raising my prices and raising my prices. And I was like, I would never spend this much money on photography ever, 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 ever. And they're like, yeah, because like you could do it or like you just want someone to literally take the photos because then you have the resources to print them professionally or frame them or or whatever it is. Right. And so other people don't have access to that and want to be treated to this experience, no matter what your niche is. And we have to 
we're in the service of serving industry. So let's serve some people, take something well, off their plate. And, and that's, I think that's the thing is like, well, maybe they do have access, but they just don't want, don't to, want do to. Right. And I think that's the shift that people have to be paying attention to. We've been seeing it more and more and more the last three to five years, but it is just getting more and more significant. Less people want to learn and more people just want it off their plate. And then it's not, it's not that they don't want to learn, but they want to learn about things that are fun and excite them. Yeah. Not necessarily a new challenge. Like people are over being challenged. They want to have their priorities clear. They want to focus, go to work, be at home, you know, and like have some clear boundaries around that. And when people are constantly trying to be in this education mindset, it can set you up for failure because the clientele is wanting things off their plate. Yep. So If all of this sounds like an incredible journey that you would love to be on with us, I would love to go down that path with you, but you need to reach out to us. We need to hear from you. We need to know what's going on in your business. We need to fact gather ourselves to make sure that you're ready for the right fit for what we have to offer, because there are options when you're working with us. And so all you need to do is, is head to bossproject.com slash incubator incubator, and you can read a little bit more about the program, but go ahead and just click that button where you can schedule a call with us and you're going to fill out just a tiny, tiny, tiny short form. It's going to take you like literally less than 60 seconds. And then you can pick a time and date to chat with Abigail. And it's seriously a, she's going to ask you a bunch of questions and just go on a fact gathering mission and understand what your goals are, where your business is at, what industry you're in, where you want to head, what's going on within that business of yours and really listen to where you want to go and how you want to get there and then present you the offer that makes the most sense. And if it feels right for you, we would freaking love to have you. We're starting this cohort very, very soon. And we would love to have you inside. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor. To get podcast updates and all the the behind-the-scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.